This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, who, as Clark Kent, today follows a trail that leads him to a startling discovery. We'll join him in just a moment. But first, let's listen to a word from our good friend, Dan McCullough. Come in, Dan. You know, gang, it'd be a tough job to locate a fellow or girl who doesn't get a great kick out of reading the funny papers. So it's no wonder those nifty comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out make such a big hit. Sure, because every single character on every single one of those 18 different buttons is straight from the comic strips. Take Moon Mullins, for instance. Why, you'd know him anytime with his white derby and his big black cigar. And Orphan Annie's dog, Sandy. Why, he looks so real he could bark. Of course, Superman's an old favorite with his bright blue jersey and Superman insignia. And remember, these comic buttons are done up in full color, brilliant red and blue and black. Why, why they show up like anything when you wear them pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. And as for fun, you can't beat the excitement of swapping duplicates with your friends. You can't buy them anywhere. But whenever Mom opens a new package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep, there's your exclusive prize. One of these exciting comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. Ask Mom to get you P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. In a bogus sanitarium, the headquarters of the mysterious Crescent and Star gang, Batman and Robin face death in a basement dungeon called Room Zero, where the heavy steel ceiling is slowly being lowered until it meets the floor. Meanwhile, in the Golden Lily nightclub in Metropolis, known to be a contact point for the gang, Clark Kent discovered a phonograph attached to a shortwave radio transmitter. On the phonograph was a record of the song, All Alone by Irving Berlin. Instructing police inspector Henderson to keep playing the record over and over again, Kent disappeared. As we continue now, Batman and Robin lie face down on the floor of room zero. The steel ceiling is only a scant few inches above them, with only a few minutes to go before it will have completed its descent to the floor. Listen. Robin. If you want me to pass the butter, we're fresh out of it, Patty. Cut the wisecracks. I'm afraid this is it. Looking into your crystal ball again, huh? Yes, I... That was the ceiling. Dropped another half inch. It's getting monotonous, isn't it? There's the buzzer, Kent. The dame's here for the atomizer. Yes. What? 
Great Scott. Wait, don't go out there. Don't go out there, I said. Not. I'm just cracking the door so you can see. Look. Look who it is, Inspector. Great Jemima. Lois Lane. Yes. I'm going to go out there and stay where you are. Don't move. Are you sure that this is the right atomizer? Oh, yes, miss. Mr. Phillips described it over the telephone. Oh, the reason I ask is that he was particularly anxious that there be no mistake. You hear that, Kent? Miss Lane says Phillips sent her, and Phillips is the name Jones gave the clerk over the phone. Maybe it wasn't Jones. Maybe we're on the wrong track. Oh, no. No, we're on the right track. Don't worry about that. I can't understand how low it is. Oh, this is a beautiful thing. Oh, it's as fine a specimen of Louvain as I've ever seen. Note the crystal quality of the glass. It's lovely. And see the simply stunning silver mountings, solid sterling, and exquisitely designed. Yes, it's beautiful. Come on, come on, get on with it. I'm going out there, Inspector. Come back here. Let go of my sleeve. You try to leave this office before I say, and so help me, I'll pull a gun on you, Ken. Now, look, be quiet. If you'll just wrap it up for me, I'll take it. Oh, certainly, Miss. Shall I have it wrapped to the gift? Why, uh, well, Mr. Phillips didn't say, but I suppose you might as well. Well, it won't take long. Have a chair, Miss. Thank you. Here comes the clerk. Step aside so Lois can't see you when the door opens, Ken. Okay. What will I do now, Inspector? Wrap up the atomizer and give it to her. No, wait. I'm running the show, Ken. Get going, Sonny. No, I... Shut up. Go ahead, son, and make it snappy. Yes, sir. Oh, well. Leave the door open a crack. Yes, sir. What's the idea of telling him to give the atomizer to Miss Lane? You ought to be able to figure that out, Kent. You mean you're going to follow her? You're darn tootin' I am. I'm going to let Miss Lane lead us right to Mr. Jones. I tell you, there's some mistake, Inspector. There must be. I'm going to bring her in here and have her explain. Ken, I warned you. If you take one step out of this office before I give the word, I'll put a bullet through you. Oh, listen to reason, Inspector. You know Lois. You can't really believe... I believe what I see and nothing else. Inspector, please, just let me bring Lois in here. Over my dead body. I know how hard this hits you, Kent. But use your head, man. But if you... This is no time for sentiment. Mr. Jones wants the kryptonite. He knows the vulture and the laugher habit, and he's the only person who can lead us to them. I know all Jones that. said he's going to finish Superman when he gets the kryptonite. Is that what you want? Well, of course not. All right, then forget it's Lois Lane out there and, and figure it's just another crook. Lois isn't a crook. Now I'll bet my shield against a collar button. Hold it. Here comes the clerk with a package. Uh, here you are, miss. Hope I didn't keep you waiting too long. Oh, not at all. Thanks very much. Oh, here's Mr. Phillips' I believe it's the right amount. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Goodbye, and Merry Christmas to you. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Miss. Come on, wait till she gets away from the door. Okay, let's go. She just left, Inspector. She she went that way. I know, you did okay, son. And thanks, so long. Uh, So long. Uh, Merry Christmas, Inspector. Yeah, the same to you, too. Okay, there she goes. Come on. Now, take it easy and don't get any closer. Even in this crowd, she might see us if she turns around. I wonder where she's going. That's what we're going to find out, sonny boy. And keep your eyes peeled in case she slips the atomizer to somebody who just happens to be passing. Oh, that's ridiculous. Hey, look, Inspector, I just thought of something. Yeah, what? Lois might be walking into trouble. You're not kidding. No, no, no. I, I mean, she may not know what she's doing. Oh, you think maybe she's just walking in her sleep, oh, huh? No, but... Hold she... it. He's uh, going into that candy shop. Okay, come on, fast. Hold it. You can see through the window from here. Hmm. 
Looks like she's just buying a box of candy. What else would she buy in a candy shop? I want to make sure nothing happens to that itemizer. Nothing's going to happen to it. Listen, Inspector, I'm certain she doesn't know what she's mixed up in. She must have been tricked some way. Oh, sure. A star reporter like her only earns about a hundred bucks a week. So she must have answered an ad for an errand girl to make a little extra Christmas money, huh? That's not funny. I'm afraid she's walking into danger, that's all. You've got to warn her. We'll warn her when I've got the handcuffs on her. And Mr. Jones. Oh, quick, turn your face away. She's coming out. And a Merry Christmas to you. There she is. Still has the atomizer. Yes. Uh-oh. Going to flag a taxi. Come on, Kent. Hey, wait, you're going the wrong way. You left your car back there. We're not going to use my car. Why? She might spot the police insignia. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Cab stopping for her. Come on. There's someone getting out of cab in front of the jewelry shop. Taxi! Taxi! Hurry! Someone else is making for that cab. Yeah, well, they'll be out of luck. Here we are. Hopping, Ken. Okay. Where's the taxi? It's just passing us, the yellow cab. Oh, yeah, I see it. Hey, driver. Sir? Follow that yellow cab that just passed us and step on it. This is a police shop. Yes, sir. Inspector, I wish I knew where Miss Lane was going. She's going to deliver the atomizer to Mr. Jones, of course. I don't believe it. Uh, you're a stubborn guy, Kent. Well, but you'll see. Uh-oh. Can't be stopping. Pull over to the curb, driver. Okay. Hey, look. She stopped in front of a church. Hmm. Uh, getting out of the cab. Where do we see where she goes now? She's going into the church. Yeah, that's a funny one. <laughs> you see, Inspector, you were wrong. I can't be. What do you mean? You don't think Jones would risk being seen in church in public, do you? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Come on, Kent. We're going to follow her and see what this is all about. Uh, wait for us, driver. Inspector Henderson and Clark Kent hurry toward the large brick church into which Lois has disappeared, carrying the atomizer. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> Following Lois Lane from the jewelry shop in which she picked up an atomizer, presumably for Mr. Jones, Inspector Henderson and Clark Kent trailed her to a large brick church in the outskirts of Metropolis. Now, seated in a rear pew of the church, which is suitably garlanded for Christmas Eve, they look on in amazement as Lois, wearing a black smock and still carrying the package containing the atomizer, enters the choir box and joins the large choir. This is strange, Inspector. Lois never told me she sang the choir. Yeah, there are a lot of things she never told you, Kent. About Mr. Jones, for instance. Oh, I tell you, you're wrong about that. No, no, I'm not. And I figured this church angle out. What do you mean? This is Christmas Eve. They're having vesper carols. Miss Lane sings in the choir, and that makes her look good. Oh, no. But right after vespers are over, she'll take the atomizer to Jones' hideout. That's ridiculous. So all we have to do is to wait here, enjoy the music, then trail her to the payoff. Oh, it's impossible. I can't believe it. Here comes Mr. Phillips, the choir leader, Mother. Yes, he's such a fine man. Kent, did you hear that? He's yes. done a fine job directing the choir through. Oh, uh, excuse me, mister. Uh, did you say the choir leader's name was Phillips? Yes, that's him standing in front of the choir now. Kent, the slender guy in the frock coat wearing the nose glasses. I heard, I heard. He's Phillips. Batman and Robin's description of Mr. Jones perfectly. 
Kent. That choir leader is Jones, the guy we've been looking for. That's why Miss Lane came here. literally popping. Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson lean forward tensely in the church pew, staring at the slender, scholarly-looking man in the frock coat and pants nay glasses directing the choir. The choir in which Lois Lane is singing. Can this man really be the murderous criminal who was the leader of the Crescent and Star Gang? And can Lois be associated with him? It hardly seems possible. And it's little wonder that Clark Kent has turned pale as a ghost. What is the answer? Tomorrow's episode is dramatic and exciting, fellows and girls, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for a thrill a minute in The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publication. Behold Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman who today finds it necessary once again to call on his friend Batman for assistance. We'll join them in just a moment. But first, here's Superman himself with a personal message for you. Hello, everyone. This is Superman bringing you best wishes for a very Merry Christmas from Lois Lane, Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, and myself. You know, after so many years of half-heartedly celebrating this wonderful holiday while the world was at war, while the many men and women we knew and loved were scattered all over the globe... Christmas today is very extra special. It's special because many of our friends and relatives are back home to celebrate Christmas with us. And because once more, peace on earth, goodwill to men is more than just a beautiful phrase. 
On this Christmas Day, let's all determine to do everything we can to see that this remains a lasting peace on Earth through the everyday practice of goodwill to men. You see, wars grow out of misunderstanding, hate, and intolerance. All things that were preached against by the Prince of Peace, whose nativity we celebrate today. Now, if we try to understand our fellow men, if we avoid hate and banish intolerance, we would do away with a cause for war, and this scourge would forever disappear from the earth. Try to remember always that, as Abraham Lincoln said, all men are created equal. Regardless of race, creed, or color, we're all humans, entitled to the same respect and privileges. Here in America, all of us, black and white, Catholic, Protestant, and Jew, are all Americans. We must live together peaceably at home if we are to live in peace with the rest of the world. Let's see that forever hereafter there is peace on earth, goodwill to men. A Merry Christmas to you all. Now the adventures of Superman. <laughs> Learning the whereabouts of two stolen pieces of kryptonite, the deadly element which robs Superman of his great strength, a mysterious criminal leader calling himself Mr. Jones boasted that he would destroy the Man of Steel. Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson found Jones' broken throat atomizer, and locating the jewelry shop where it had been purchased, learned that a man giving the name of Phillips had just ordered a similar one by telephone. Hiding in the shop on Christmas Eve, Kent and Henderson were stunned when Lois Lane, girl reporter for the Daily Planet, called for the atomizer. They trailed her to a church, where Lois took a position in the choir box. A moment later, a slender, scholarly-looking man appeared and was identified as Mr. Phillips, the choir leader. As we continue now, the choir has begun to sing, and Kent and Henderson, seated in a rear pew, realize that the choir leader answers perfectly to the description of the murderous Mr. Jones. Listen. Kent, that choir leader is Jones, the guy we're looking for. Well, he answers the description Batman gave us all right. He's thin, scholarly, even the pince-nez glasses. But I, I can't believe it. Whether you believe it or not, it's true. Jones is masquerading as a choir leader named Phillips. But he slipped up when he sent Miss Lane to pick up his atomizer. And now I'm going to pick him up. Wait, Inspector. Wait, nothing. That guy is a crook and a murderer. Come here. Let go of my sleeve. Have you forgotten where you are? You're in church. This is Christmas Eve and services are going on. Oh, yeah. You're right. Besides, we're not sure he is, Mr. Jones. Not sure? Didn't we find his busted atomizer in the bookstore where he shot the Scarlet Widow? I know. And didn't he order a duplicate from the same jewelry shop where he bought the first one, but using the name of Philip? I know all that, and I'm inclined to agree with you. But neither you nor I ever saw Jones, so we can't make a positive identification. Wait till I get my hands on him. I'll get the truth out but of you him. you might not. The thing to do is to get someone here who knows him, who's seen him. Yeah? Who? Batman, of course. Or Robin. They both know Mr. Jones. He tried to finish them off in this phony sanitarium. Well, where are you going to find them? Nobody knows where they keep themselves. I, uh, I, I think I might be able to find them. You wait here, Inspector. Hmm, just try to get me away. Okay, but just don't tackle our choir leader friend until I get back. Are you trying to tell me how to run my job again? No. Well, on your way, then. And if you want to be in at the finish, make sure you're back by the time those Vesper carols are over. Because the minute they are, I'm going to put handcuffs on Mr. Jones and Miss Lane. Leaving the church, Kent swiftly resumes his true identity of Superman and streaks through the dark evening skies to the other end of the city, where he drops down before a handsome brick residence, where Batman and Robin live under their true names of Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. A large illuminated Christmas tree stands on the terrace, and Batman, wearing the gray tweeds of Bruce Wayne, and looking worn and weary, opens the door to Superman's ring. Oh, oh, hello, Superman. Uh, come on in, I... 
I've got bad news for you. Why, what happened? Uh, Robert and I lost Mr. Jones' trail. I'm awfully Don't sorry. Don't worry about it. I think Inspector Henderson and I picked it up. You did? Uh-huh. Where? When? Jones is at a church across town masquerading as a choir leader named Phillips, or so we think. We need you to identify him. Can you come over now? Well, all I have to do is close the door. Oh, wait. Do we need Robin? I don't think so. Not at the moment, anyhow. Well, good. Come on, then. I made him go to bed. He was pretty worn out. Well, no wonder. After your little experience in room zero. Well, all set for a quick trip? We go by Superman Express, eh? Non-stop. All Hang right. on. Let her rip. Here we go, then. Up and away! <laughs> Oh, you're a lot faster than my bat plane. You ever need a job, Superman? Come to see me. Thanks a lot. I'll remember that. Gosh. Don't ever tell Robin about this ride. He'd never forgive me for leaving him behind. I'll make it up to him. That looks like our church ahead. Fasten your safety belt. We're going down. Roger. Down to those bushes. Down. Oh, good. Choir's still singing. Okay, strip to your Batman costume. Then I'll get back into Clark Kent's clothes. What for? Oh, yes, yes. I saw Jones as Batman. That's right. Can't very well identify him as Bruce Wayne, can I? No. And I left here as Kent. <laughs> you realize you're the only person in the world who knows I'm Superman? These quick changes get a little confusing sometimes, don't they? <laughs> you're not kidding. I've almost given myself away to Jimmy Olsen a dozen times. There we are. Now, my specs. Okay. You all set? Well, I just have to get my hood and mask on. There. Here, I'm ready. Lead me to friend Jones. Come on. Oh, it's starting to snow. Looks like we'll have a nice white Christmas. It won't be nice for me. Why not? This bird is really Jones. We'll make him give out with where the kryptonite is, and all your troubles will be over. Not quite. I haven't had the heart to tell you yet, but Lois Lane is mixed up with him some way. What? Yes, she... Uh-oh, hold it. What's up? I guess the carols are about over. We're going to open the doors. Quick, get behind this bush. You were right. That x-ray vision of yours comes in handy. But uh, where's the choir leader? He's joining Lois. Now they're starting down the aisle together. Oh. What now? She just gave him the atomizer. What atomizer? I'll explain later. I was hoping she wouldn't give it to him. Wait a minute, here comes Henderson. Suppose he's going to stand outside and grab them. Inspector! Oh, there you are, Kent. Listen, she gave him the atomizer. I know. Batman! Merry Christmas, Inspector. Where did you find him, Kent? Why, I, uh... Oh, uh, yes, yes, he, uh, he, uh, that... Never well, mind, that... tell me later. Here comes our saintly choir leader and Lois Lane. You see them, Batman? I think so, but not very clearly. There's too many people around. They're moving this way. You'll get a good look at our bird in just a moment. And we're counting on you to identify him. If he's Jones, you can depend on my knowing him. I've got a little score to settle with that rat. Oh, oh I see him now. Is it Jones? When he gets closer, I want to hear his voice. Tensely, Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson watch Lois Lane and the slender, scholarly-looking choir leader approach through the crowd and wait for Batman to identify the man as Mr. Jones. If he does, Superman may be freed from the menace of the deadly kryptonite forever. But Lois will be branded as a criminal. Outside a church on Christmas Eve, Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson are waiting for Batman to identify the choir leader as Mr. Jones, a criminal leader and murderer. He is now approaching through the crowd with Lois Lane. Listen. Well, Batman, 
Is it Jones or not? Uh, just a second, Inspector. I want to see him close up and hear his voice. Oh, weren't the vestas lovely tonight, Mr. Phillips? Indeed, they were, Miss Lake. You members of the choir did me proud. Thank you. Oh, look, it's starting to snow, and you forgot your hat. <laughs> no, I didn't. I never wear a hat. Well, how about it, Batman? No, no, I don't think he's Jones. He isn't. No, he, he looks amazingly like him, but no, it's not Jones. Oh, I'm sorry. But I'm glad, too, for Lois's sake. You're sure you won't catch cold, Mr. Phillips? Oh, uh, I never catch cold. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> wait, wait, yes. wait, it is Jones. What? It is. Yes, his voice, his voice fooled me at first. You're sure? I'm positive. He's putting on an act, but it's still Jones. I, I <laughs> swear to you. I said this time. enough for me. Let's go. Now, wait, Inspector. Don't scare Lois. You keep out of this, yeah, Ken. always wanted yeah. Good evening, Mr. Jones. I uh, beg your pardon. Never mind begging my pardon. Let's put your hands out for the pretty bracelets. What? Inspector Henderson, what is the meaning of this? As if you didn't know, Miss Lane. Come on, Jonesy. Put out your hand. What? Clark. Hello, Lois. And Batman. Wait, Clark, what is this? Well, why are you looking at me so strangely? And what is Inspector Henderson doing to Mr. Phillips? No, see Save yes, it for uh... the judge. All right, Miss Lane. Let's try this other bracelet on you. For size. What? I should say not. I don't understand. Clark, are you just going to stand there and, and let him handcuff me? I'm sorry, Lois. There's nothing I can do about it. But I... There, that does it. What? Now, we'll come along quietly, both of you. I gave you a break taking you behind this bush where it's dark. But if you want all your church friends to see you... I don't care what they see. I want to know the meaning of this... this outrage. So do I. Oh, cut out the comedy, will you? Now, I've got a taxi waiting up the street. If you want to act nice, we can ride in that. What? Otherwise, I'll have to call the wagon. The wagon? You must be out of your mind, Inspector. Clark, will you stop standing there like a, a, a gook and explain this? I suppose it's a joke, Maybe but it isn't very... Maybe murder is a joke to you, Miss Lane, but not to us. Murder? Well, I... Mr. Jones here murdered the Scarlet Widow, Lois. Mr. Jones? Oh, so that's it. You've made a mistake. This isn't Mr. Jones. Of course not. My name is Algernon Phillips. Yeah, and mine's Humperdinck Hornschnozzle. Let's get going to that taxi. I will not budge until I know what this is all about. You'll move and move fast, Miss Lane. Now, look... And me. if it'll make you feel any better, which it won't, Kent and I were in the jewelry shop this evening when you picked up the atomizer for your friend Mr. Jones. The atomizer? Oh, of course I did. I don't understand. I think I do now. You realize we've got the goods on you, huh, Jones? I realize it's time to reveal my secret. What? We know your secret, Jim. No, no, you don't, Inspector. It's a strange and quite terrible story, one I've kept locked in my heart for years. But now, well, I guess I can't keep it secret any longer. I live just a few doors down the street. If you gentlemen would be good enough to accompany me there... Nothing doing. We're going to headquarters. Please, Inspector. You see, I'm not armed. You can examine my house carefully before we go in. I assure you, you won't regret it. But if you insist on going to headquarters now, I'll never tell my story. Oh, no? Take him up, Inspector. What can you lose? That's what I say. Huh? Well, okay. We'll go to your house, Jones. But remember, don't try any tricks. It won't be healthy. I quite realize that. Shall we go? Yeah. And remember, I'm right behind you. With a gun. Handcuffed together, the slender, scholarly-looking choir leader and Lois Lane start away from the church, closely followed by Inspector Henderson and a puzzled Clark Kenton Batman. What is the strange and terrible story Mr. Phillips, or is it Mr. Jones, has promised to reveal? 
Well, it's a strange story, fellows and girls. One you won't want to miss. So be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station for... The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, the man who calls himself Mr. Phillips promises to tell Inspector Henderson his story. We'll join them in a moment. But right now, here's a word from your announcer. Okay, Dan. Say, gang, even though Christmas Day is over, most of you fellows and girls still have some vacation left from school. And during the holidays, the kids in our neighborhood are going great guns on their collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet. Why, I've seen the kids in huddles comparing notes on how many comic buttons they've collected so far and swapping duplicates with each other and showing off how snappy these buttons look pinned on their jacket or their dress or cap because these comic buttons are just about the brightest and the smartest things you ever saw. They're done up in full comic strip colors, red and blue and black, and they're made of sturdy metal too, so they'll last and last. And every one of the 18 different buttons has a true-to-life picture of one of your favorite funny paper characters. There's even one of Superman himself. And say, aren't these comic buttons easy to get? You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But every time Mom opens a new package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep, there's your exciting prize. One of these slick-looking comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. Tell Mom you'll eat lots of P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. When Lois Lane called at a jewelry shop for a handsome silver-encrusted atomizer ordered by a man believed to be Mr. Jones, the mysterious criminal leader who had boasted he could destroy Superman, Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson trailed the girl reporter to a church. It was Christmas Eve. And to the amazement of Kenton Henderson, the choir leader at the church answered perfectly to the description of Mr. Jones. As Superman, Kent left and returned with Batman, who positively identified the choir leader as Jones. Henderson arrested both Jones and Lois, and the man who at first insisted his name was Phillips, then offered to reveal a strange story. As we continue now in a small music studio almost filled by a baby grand piano with Batman on guard in the front hall, the slender, scholarly-looking choir leader sits opposite Henderson, Kent, and Lois, and nervously fingering his pince-nez glasses, begins his story. Listen. Going to tell you a secret I've kept locked in my heart for many years. I did not believe anything could ever make me reveal it. But now... But now that we've got the goods on you, you decided to come clean, huh? Or is this another trick? 
I assure you it is not, Inspector. Well, if it is, it won't work. You can take my word for it. I understand. I want to tell you about two brothers who loved each other very dearly. I'm not interested in two brothers. I'm interested in two stolen pieces of kryptonite that you said you were going to use if any Superman. Now, where are they? Well, how would Mr. Phillips know where the kryptonite is? He tricked the Scarlet Widow into telling him and then shot her. That's how. The Scarlet Widow? What? You're mad, Inspector. You're stark staring mad. Now, wait a minute. Look, that line won't get you any place, Miss Lane. You know Phillips is Mr. Jones? I know. Yes, you. Well, I never Lois, heard... Inspector, stop it. We're not getting anywhere this way. Well, then I... Now, we agreed to listen to this man's story, so let's do it. Fair enough, Kent. Go ahead. Say your piece. Yes, Inspector. I started to tell you about two brothers who were very close to each other. But while they were in college, one of them, we'll call him Richard, was seriously hurt in an automobile accident. For a long time, he was not expected to live. And when he finally recovered, he was changed. How do you mean, changed? He was altogether different, Mr. Kent. He mistrusted everyone, and soon he began to hate everyone. He hardly ever talked to anyone, and, and when he did, it it was to say something sneering or nasty. I don't see where this is getting us any place. Please let me finish, Inspector. Okay. In our, uh, in the two brothers last year at college, Richard, the one who had been in the accident, was expelled for stealing. He was furious. He said it showed that everyone was against him. He swore he'd get back at them. Then he forged his father's name to a check. That practically bankrupted his father, and Richard disappeared. He was mentally sick. Well, of course he was. I'm beginning to get the drift of all this, Jones. You're hoping to beat a murder rap by pleading insanity. Oh, just a minute, Inspector. You don't understand. I I haven't been telling you about myself. Huh? What do you mean? I've been telling you about my brother. Your brother? Yes. Oh, I think I get it. You see, Inspector... Hold it, Kent. Let him talk. Go on, Jones. My brother's name actually is Richard. We're twins. And I'm very much afraid that Richard is the man you speak of as Mr. Jones. Good heavens! What? How do you like that guy trying to pull a gag like that on me? Look, mister, we've wasted enough time. Uh, just a moment. I, I'll prove that I'm telling the truth. Hey, where are you going? Just to this cabinet. There's something in it you should see. Now, don't get any ideas like pulling a gun. There are no guns in the cabinet, Inspector. You stay out of this, kid. Here, I, I have an album here which I'd like to show all of you. Uh, perhaps you'd like to call the gentleman in the strange costume who identified me as Mr. Jones. That man? No, I want him to stay in the hall and watch the entrance. But don't worry. He can hear everything. Very well. Here, I, I'll set the album on the piano where you can all see it. Now, here are photographs of Richard and myself as infants. We were, as you can see, identical twins. Well, yes. What cute babies. Ah, baby pictures don't mean a thing. What's that? A... Oh, I, I see what you mean. Here, I'll skip to where we're older, then. Here we are in high school. Well, I could tell one of those boys was you, Mr. Phillips. Well, I couldn't. Well, uh, how about these pictures of us in college, then, Inspector? Huh? Now, these were taken before Richard's accident. You certainly recognize me there, don't you? He'd have to be blind if he didn't. Is that so? Yes. Okay, so those pictures do look like you and like you've got an identical twin brother, too. But I've seen plenty of trick photography. Of all the suspicious people. It's my business to be suspicious, particularly where murder is involved. Now look, Mr. Jones, or Phillips, if you're telling the truth, I suppose you've got some birth records around. Unfortunately, I, I haven't. Uh-oh. Well, I didn't think you did. You see, my father was town clerk in the little Iowa town where Richard and I were born. He and mother lived in the town hall. And when a fire destroyed it and then... Yeah, they... yeah, I get it, I get it. All the records were lost, including the birth records of you and your twin brother. Honest, Jones, for a guy who was head of the Crescent and Star Mob, <laughs> you ought to be able to do better than that. I swear it's the truth. Well, where is this twin brother of yours? I... 
I don't know. Sure, sure. Now let's get going. We've wasted too much time already. You too, Miss Lane. Me? Naturally. Unless it was your twin sister who picked up the atomizer for Jones this evening. Come on. No. Clark, don't let Just him. Just a moment, Inspector. I you... told you before to stay out of this, Kent. But... Okay, Jones. Hold out your right hand. Hold you hold out your left, Miss Please, Lane. Please, Inspector, wait one moment. You're wrong, and I can prove it. Or rather, Mr. Phillips can. I'm not listening to any more twin brother gag. You won't have to. Or Mr. Phillips, an innocent girl's reputation and freedom are involved here. And there's a little business of a murder. So I think the thing to do is to convince Inspector Henderson he's wrong, don't you? Well, I... I, I know how you feel, Mr. Phillips. But at a time like this... You're right, Mr. Kent. I, I'll do it. Do what? Prove he's not Jones, of course. In the only way that'll convince you. Go ahead, Mr. Phillips. Puzzled, Inspector Henderson and Lois Lane look at the thin, scholarly-looking choir leader. What does Clark Kent mean? How can Phillips prove he is not Mr. Jones? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. In the small music studio of Mr. Algernon Phillips, or is it Mr. Jones, Clark Kent has just challenged the choir leader to prove he is not the head of the criminal Crescent and Star Gang. And Phillips has agreed. You're right, Mr. Kent. Miss Lane's reputation and freedom are involved. Under the circumstances, my conscience will not permit me to protect Richard any longer. Sounds like double talk to me. Just a moment, Inspector. All right, go on, Mr. Phillips. Tell him about the atomizer. Yes. How... You see, Inspector, I I purchased that first atomizer for my brother Richard. You did? Yes, I... I neglected to tell you that as the years went on, Richard became a fanatic about disease. He was deathly afraid of germs and infect... Christmas, I was passing the jewelry for Thayer and Son. I saw a beautiful atomizer in the window. It was made of lovely crystal encrusted with silver. The price was really more than I could afford, but I could not resist buying it for Richard. You said he disappeared. How'd you expect to give it to him? Well, on Christmas Eve each year, Richard telephones me. On a few occasions, he's even come to see me. Really? Yes. Richard was mad about the atomizer I bought him. For the first time since we were in college, I... I heard a kind word, a word of thanks from him. I did not hear from him last Christmas, but early this afternoon he phoned me. He was quite distracted. He he said he had just broken his atomizer. That's the one we found in the bookshop, Lois, where the Scarlet Widow was shot. Oh, I'm beginning to get this now. All right. Go on, Mr. Phillips. My brother wanted to know where I'd bought the atomizer, the one that he'd broken. I, I told him that I'd get him another one because I wanted to see him again. I told him I'd have it for him tonight. And because Miss Lane's office is near Thayer and Son, I, I asked her if she would pick it up for me. Never mind that. What did your brother say? He said, uh, he said he would either come for it himself tonight or send Tara. There. You hear that, Inspector? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's okay if it's true. Who's Tara? Tara's a Hindu boy who attached himself to my brother when he was in India several years ago. He's devoted to him. I see. And your brother said either he or the Hindu boy would come here tonight, is that it? Yes. Yes, he told me to be sure to be alone, and I promised that I would. I had no idea this terrible thing would would come up, or, or that Richard could be a murderer. Well, maybe this makes things a little different. That's Batman. Somebody's coming. It's a boy wearing a turban. It must be Tara. He's coming up the walk. Well, how do you know, Clark? Oh, uh, I, I... He's right. Now, look, Kent. You and Batman slip out the back way and around to the front of the house. I'll be on the back stairs with Miss Lane. You, Phillips, give the boy the atomizer and say nothing about us. You savvy? 
Okay, Batman. Go out the back door with Ken. Now, come on, Miss Lane, and move fast. And if this is a trick, lady, and you try anything, it'll be just too bad for you and your choir leader friend. That's the bell. Now, do your stuff, Phillips, and make good. Come on, everybody, out the back way. If this is on the level, we'll have Mr. Jones behind bars tonight. Well, I, I'll do my best. I'm coming. I'm coming. Hurriedly, Inspector Henderson, Clark Kent, Batman, and Lois leave the studio apartment by the back door as the bell rings again announcing Mr. Jones' Hindu servant. Will he lead them to Mr. Jones? Or is this a desperate trick? Tomorrow an amazing thing happens, fellows and girls. Something beyond even Superman's and Batman's ability to cope with. So tune in then. Same time, same station for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station. By the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, who is today hoping to find the mysterious Mr. Jones through his servant, Tara. We'll learn what happens in a moment. But right now, let's join Dan McCullough and his young pal, Eddie, who seems to be kind of excited. Say, Dan, did I tell you? I just added Harold Teen to my collection of comic buttons. Did your mother open a new package of Kellogg's Pep? No, not this time. This was a very complicated trade. Yeah? Yeah, Doris had a KO trade for Superman, and Pee wanted to swap Lewins for Herbie. Then Bud came in, he had an extra Harold Teen, but he didn't... <laughs> now, 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 wait a minute, Eddie. That sounds like double talk. Would you say that again? Uh, Doris traded Pee-wee, a Superman, for a Lillum, and Bud said he'd swap Harold Teen if Pee-wee would give him the one that he... Look, Eddie, would you take it easy? Okay, sure. Doris had a KO button and wanted one with Superman on it, right? Right. Pee-wee had Lillum's and wanted Herbie, got it? Got it. Bud had an extra Harold Teen. Yeah. So, Doris swapped her KO for Pee-wee's Lillums, and Bud traded Harold Teen for Lillums. Doris got from Pee-wee, and Doris traded me that Harold Teen for my Superman. <laughs> you got it? Yeah, I got it. Never mind, Eddie. We got the general idea anyway. We got the idea that there's a load of fun in collecting those swell comic buttons and trading duplicates with your pals. All the gang knows how slick-looking those comic buttons are, too, with their full-color, true-to-life pictures of favorite funny-sheet characters. What's more, it's no secret how easy it is to get these exciting comic buttons. You don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. Just ask Mom to get you some of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Because inside every package, there's a snazzy prize. One of these swell comic buttons or a military insignia or a warplane button. That's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Convinced that a choir master who calls himself Algernon Phillips is in reality the mysterious Mr. Jones, an infamous criminal who had sworn to destroy Superman, and that Lois Lane is in league with him, 
Police Inspector Henderson ordered their arrest, despite Clark Kent's vehement protests. Phillips, while asserting his innocence, admitted he was Jones's twin brother and volunteered to help Kent and the inspector in their search for the missing man. He informed them that his brother or a young Hindu servant would call that evening for the atomizer he had purchased. Just then, Kent warned Henderson that a Hindu boy was approaching the building. As we continue now, the inspector and Lois Lane are hiding in the kitchen of Phillips' apartment, guarding the rear entrance, while Kent and Batman, who is helping him, wait across the street from the building, covering the front door. They huddle in a cold, dark alley as the swirling snow begins to pile high on the deserted street. Oh, boy. We certainly picked a fine night to play watchdogs, Ken. And the time that little Hindu comes out, oh, I'll be an icicle. Oh, go on. It isn't that cold. Well, maybe not for you, my muscle-bound friend, but I'm positive my toes have cracked off. At least I can't feel them anymore. Well, there's that much less of you to be cold. What's going on in there, anyhow? Why is he taking so long? Uh, put that X-ray vision of yours to work. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Phillips is handing the boy a package. The atomizer? Yes. At last. Maybe now we can get moving again. Well, Phillips is still questioning him. He's still trying to find out where his brother is, I suppose. I suppose so. Uh-oh. What? Boy's broken free. He's running down the stairs. He'll get away all right. Good. Coming out the front door? Uh-huh. There. He's opened it. Oh, fine. Now at least I can see him, too. Oh, stay back. Don't let him see us. Oh, a cagey youngster. Look at him. Mine the whole street. Uh-huh. Think he's wise? I hope not. There he goes. Heading west of the avenue. Come on, it's our move. No, wait. Henderson's coming out. He'll want to tag along. Oh, look at him. Charging like a mad bull. Yeah. Batman, where are you? Coming, Inspector. Let's go before he wakes up the whole neighborhood. Did you see it, Kent? He came out the front door. He has the atomizer. Yes, yes, we saw him. Where did he go? Oh, confound this snow. You can't see five feet in front of your nose. He went up the block that way. Well, then what are we standing here for? Come on, we're losing. Easy, Inspector. Easy, you'll pull a few. Wait a minute, where's Lois? I left her inside with Phillips. Now, come on. I'm not letting that Hindu out of my sight. Hey, where is he? If we've lost him... Look, Inspector, I think it would be better if you stayed here. Why? Well, Batman and I can travel pretty fast. I can travel fast, too, if I have to. No, but... And I besides, th- if you think you're going to make a scoop of this for the benefit of your newspaper, well, you've got another thing coming. But better is- drop it, Kent. We'll get a chance later. Okay. Come on, now. Right, Inspector. Still see him, Kent? Yes. About a block ahead of us. We'll keep this distance. No, no, no. Close it up. I want to keep an eye on him myself. Careful. We can't afford to make him suspicious. He's our only lead to Mr. Jones. Maybe yes, maybe no. What makes you so sure Phillips isn't really Jones? Well, after all, we've only got his word on this twin brother story. We've got his actions. You mean giving the boy the atomizer? That could be a blind. Yes, that's true. But did you notice him in the street tonight when we were walking to his apartment? He didn't wear a hat or a muffler. Jones wouldn't do that. He'd be wrapped up to the ears. Yes. Jones hates fresh air, and on a night like this, nothing would get him out of doors. Found it. Where's that young Hindu? Can't see him at all. Right behind him, Inspector. Stop worrying. Hey, how the devil can you see through this snow, Kent? Huh? Thicker than cotton. Oh, we'll lose that Hindu boy. He's only half a block ahead of us now. Oh, hmm? Wait a minute. What's the matter? That isn't the boy. What? Kent, what are you talking about? I tell you, that isn't the Hindu boy. Well, how do you know? I can't even see Watch him. Watch it, Kent. My old... Oh, come on, come on. Let's catch up to him. This is the most idiotic business I've ever... Hey, wait, you two. Wait for me. Step on it, Inspector. You're going too fast. You just ducked into that drugstore up the street. Come on, Batman. Kent, are you sure about this? You're sure it isn't the Hindu? Positive. You'll see in a minute. Well, then where did the Hindu go? I don't know. Now, here's the drugstore. Right. There's the boy in the store. He's got the soda fountain. That's the one. But it isn't the Hindu. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know about that. What about that box he's holding in his lap? The box Phillips gave him. The box for the atomizer. Let's check it and be sure. Are you crazy? 
If you want him to know we're trailing him, he'll never lead us to Jones' end. But, he's... Mm, but this may be a wild goose chase, Inspector. We've got to make sure. We can't let him go again. Uh, I don't like this one bit. I don't either. Come on. Hey, you. Huh? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Inspector. Take it easy. Don't frighten him. Look, son. Were you out on the street two minutes ago? Uh, yes, sir. Did you come from the direction of Maple Avenue? Yeah, I, I passed it, but... It's all right, son. Don't be frightened. We won't hurt you. We just want some information. Well, gosh, I... Uh, what's in that box? Uh, the, the box? Yes, the box. What's in it? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Huh? Honest, mister, I don't know. Somebody just gave it to Are me. Are you kidding? Come on, open up. Wait, Inspector. When did you get the box, son? Who gave it to you? Just a couple of minutes ago, uh, out on the street, a boy walked up to me, handed me the box and a dollar, and asked me to wait in here with it. Uh-huh. Would you recognize that boy if you saw him again? Yeah, I guess so. He was about my size. Did you notice anything unusual about him, son? His coloring? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. He was kind of dark. Looked almost like he was Chinese. That's the Hindu camp. Then why in heaven's name did he give the atomizer away? He didn't. Do you mind if we open that box you're carrying, son? I, I don't know. He told me to hold it he for him. He back, son. You can be sure. Come on, come on. Hand it over. All right. But honest, mister, I didn't do nothing wrong. He gave me a dollar. It's all right, son. We believe you. Now, let's see. Come on, can't open it. I am. Well? Great jumping to Hassan. It's empty. The atomizer's gone. I didn't take nothing out. Honest. No, no, no. We know that, son. Listen, where did this fellow go? The one who gave you the box? He, he ran across the street. Then I didn't see him no more. Uh, you're sure you're telling us everything? You're not making this up? No, I ain't. Please, you gotta believe me. I didn't do nothing wrong. Now, come on, you. Stop badgering the boy, Inspector. He's telling the truth. Then what about the Hindu? Where'd he disappear to? Into thin air, evidently. Yes, and he was our only lead. Now Jones is in the clear. There's no way we can stop him from getting the kryptonite. Is Kent right? Has the mysterious Mr. Jones given them the slip? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. As Clark Kent, Batman, and Inspector Henderson returned to Phillips' home after losing track of the Hindu boy who was carrying the atomizer to the mysterious Mr. Jones, less than a mile away, in a quiet residential section of Metropolis, we find Jones himself, seated in a tightly closed room, illuminated by a single table lamp. The room is hot and stuffy, but the thin figure is wrapped in a heavy overcoat with a muffler wound about his throat and a gauze mask covering his mouth and nose. Suddenly, there is a knock on the door. Who is it? It is I, Master. Tara. Come in, come in. I have it, Master. I have the arrow. Wait, stop. Yes, Master. How many times have I told you never to come near me in the clothes you wear on the street? I am sorry, Master. Go back. Stand by the door. You carry deadly germs all over you. Very well, Master. But I have the item. Yeah, give it to me. Yes, Master. No! Don't come any close up. Uh, throw it. As you wish, Master. Oh, come, come. Here you are, Master. Uh. Uh, my dear brother, I knew he would not fail me. Sentimental fool. You wish me to put the medicine in it, Master? No. I'll do it. Uh, now I shall banish these foul germs. That will kill germs, Master? <laughs> of course. Uh, come here. Uh, yes, Master. Uh, stand still now. Well, what do you do, Master? I'm sterilizing your clothing, stupid. Uh, now, all right. I am glad, Master. 
Did my brother ask you any questions? Yes, he wished to know where you were. You didn't tell him? No, master. I did not say a word. Uh, good. But I play trick in case anybody follow. I give box to boy I meet on street. Keep atomizer in pocket. Then go down in store. Walk underground to the street. As you tell me. And what makes you think no one saw you give the box away? No, very thick. Hard to see. Mm, all right, all right. Now, now I feel well enough to go to work again. Yes, master. You wish to go out? No, you are going out, Tara. You'll deliver a message for me. Yes, master. Take that piece of paper on the desk. There's an address on it. Uh, yes, master. This paper? Yeah, that's it. Go to that address and see a man called the Laugher. Yeah, give him this coin. The coin? It has the star and crescent. Yes, that will be enough identification. Tell the laugher I want to see him right away. That is all, Master? All for him, yes. But not all for us. Before I am through, Tara, Superman will be our plaything. His deep-set eyes gleaming coldly from his thin, almost skull-like face. The mysterious Mr. Jones utters a dangerous threat. Why is he so anxious to control Superman? And how does he plan to do it? Another atom man, or some other form of atomic master. We'll learn more tomorrow, so don't fail to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. 
able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, the man of steel, whom the wily Mr. Jones hopes to catch in his cunning trap. In just a moment, we'll join him with his guest, the Laugher. But right now, here's Dan McCullough to talk about your collection of comic buttons. You know what I think is particularly swell about those snappy comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out? Well, I think they sort of hold our Superman gang together. All you fellows and girls have something in common, because you're all collecting comic buttons and having great fun, too. First of all, there's the thrill of seeing which button's inside every time Mom opens a new package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal. If it's a brand new one, why, you can pin it right away with the others on your jacket or your dress or cap. Or if it's a duplicate, like one you already have, you know, why, that's even more fun because then you have the business of swapping it with one of your pals and a chance to compare notes on how many you've each collected. And you'll want every one of these 18 colorful buttons, too, from KO right on up to Superman. And you can get them easy as one, two, three. Just ask Mom to get you a package or two of Kellogg's Pet. Don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. But look inside the pet package for your prize, one of these dazzling comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. There's an exciting prize in every package of P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. A mysterious criminal leader calling himself Mr. Jones knows the whereabouts of two stolen pieces of kryptonite, the deadly element which robs Superman of his great strength. Superman, Batman, and Police Inspector Henderson twice almost had the elusive Mr. Jones within their grasp, but he escaped them. It is now Christmas Day, and while our friends and the police continue their desperate search for him, the slender, scholarly-looking Mr. Jones is in a small apartment above a Turkish rug shop in the crowded foreign section of Metropolis. He sits huddled in a chair, a blanket across his thin knees, and a shawl over his stooped shoulders. As Tara, his Hindu boy servant, ushers a huge red-faced man into the room, Mr. Jones seizes his crystal and silver atomizer and hastily sprays his throat. Listen. Hello, Jones. Uh, come in, Lapper. come in. Uh, close the door, Tara. <laughs> How are you, Jones? Long time no see. Well, excuse me if I don't accept your hand, Laffer. You've just been outside and may infect me. <laughs> uh, just let me spray my throat again and I'll talk with you. <laughs> Same old Jones. Still afraid of germs. <laughs> if you'll take my advice and let a little fresh air into ah, this oven... Fresh air carries disease. Uh. Now sit down. I have something important to discuss with you. I didn't think you wanted to wish me a happy new year. What's on your mind? A certain piece of kryptonite. K kryptonite? Yes. I want to buy it from you. I don't follow you, John. Now, look here, Laffer. Please don't waste my time or yours. You should be aware by now that we of the Crescent and Star know everything. Uh, really? Yes. We know the Scarlet Widow stole the original kryptonite fragment from the Metropolis Museum and cut it into four pieces, and that two of the pieces are now gone forever. We know that the other two were purchased by you and the vulture for one million dollars each. Now, about your piece of kryptonite. I want to buy it, Laffa. Hmm, sorry, it's not for sale. I'm willing to pay you a profit, of course. <laughs> no soap, Jones. 
Since you know so much, you ought to know why I won't sell. You uh, think it protects you against Superman? I know it does. He can't come within ten feet of the stuff without passing out cold. But I... Ah, no, there are no buts, brother. Once before, Superman caught me and broke up the sweetest string of rackets in the country. I don't intend to have that happen again. <laughs> it will, though, unless you do business with me. Oh, now, look, Jonesy, don't get any foolish ideas just because I walked into this room alone. And just in case you've forgotten who I am, I can put a half a dozen slugs in you and that Hindu before you can get that fancy spray bottle up to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be childish, Lapa. Uh, just be I careful. tell you again that unless you do business with me, you'll be back in the penitentiary very soon. What do you mean? Superman knows you have the kryptonite. What? Yes, the Scarlet Widow talked. Uh, well, she wouldn't, not the Widow. She talked, I tell you. The police cornered her and she talked. She was dying from a bullet wound and told the police about you and the vulture. I don't believe it. I would have heard if she'd been shot. Inspector Henderson is keeping it quiet, just so you won't be warned. He and Superman are turning heaven and earth to find you. Hmm. Well, I'll take my chances with the cops, and I'm not afraid of Superman. I've got that gimmick to stop him. You talk like a fool. The kryptonite is only valuable against Superman when he doesn't know you have it. But knowing you do have it, he'll be careful. He'll locate you and then lead the police to you. If he finds me. My dear fellow, you know the Crescent and Star Gang are international spies. You and every other important crook know that for a price, we would furnish the present whereabouts of any other crook or spy. We keep a running file on everyone who might be of use to us. Wait a minute. You mean I'm in those files? How else do you suppose I found you? Can the cops and Superman know about my new setup? They know I had my face lifted and my fingerprints burned off? They don't know yet. Oh. <laughs> you almost gave me a heart failure, Brother Jones. <laughs> <laughs> now that everything is understood, I presume we can get down to business. Business? Oh, I see. You want to sell me my file, huh? Quite right. <laughs> I should have guessed it. Okay, what's your price, Jones? A piece of kryptonite. Now, look here, Jones. Now, please, Lafayette. I despise dramatics. And I detest guns in anyone else's hand. Uh, Put that one away. Nothing doing. Please be sensible. Four of my men, all excellent shots, by the way, are behind a thin false wall at your back. Look. I need only press this button under the arm of my chair and the wall slides back. Like that. You see, Lafayette? Okay, it's a standoff. So where do we go from here? We cooperate and destroy Superman. Destroy Superman? Are you kidding? Not at all. With a kryptonite, I can do it. Look, I thought you were smart, Jonesy. Don't you know not even the Atom Man could finish him? True, true. But with certain information I have recently obtained, and your kryptonite, I believe I can. I dream. I never dream, Laffer. I deal only in facts. Now, do you prefer to cooperate with me and save your skin... Or shall I turn my files on you over to the police? Now, just a minute. Why are you so keen about getting rid of Superman? It's so important, I don't dare mention it even in front of Tara. But I'll tell you this much. Once Superman is Stop finished... dreaming and tell me how you intend finishing him. <sighs> I'm not saying I'm in on this deal, of course, but I'm willing to listen. Once you've heard the details, I'm sure you won't hesitate. Now, wait until I spray my throat. I've talked a good deal. It's become dry. <sighs> That's better. Now, listen, Laffer. This is the plan, and it can't fail. 
As you know, kryptonite is the most radioactive element in existence. The atom man could easily have destroyed Superman. In his precise, coldly metallic voice, Mr. Jones confides his plan for destroying Superman to the laugher. A short time later, Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter, enters the almost deserted city room of the Daily Planet and meets Beanie Martin, the head copy boy. You still here, Beanie? I thought you were having a big dinner at your house today. We are, but I got tied up delivering Christmas baskets. Listen, Jim, Mr. Kent just called up. Don't tell me he's going to be late picking me up. We're having Christmas dinner at Mr. White's house today. I know. Mr. Kent says he's been delayed in the south end of town, and he wants you to grab a taxi and meet him at the Metropolis Bridge. He'll be waiting there in his car in 30 minutes. Okay, I'll just get the presents on my desk and beat it. Thanks, Beanie. You're welcome. Oh, I almost forgot. A messenger brought a letter from Mr. Kent a few minutes ago. I guess you want to take it along, huh? Sure, let's have it. Here you are. There's something in it. Besides the letter, I mean. Feels kind of like a coin, except it's more square than round. Don't you know it's not only bad manners, but against the law to monkey with other people's mail? I wasn't opening it. I'll give it here. Okay, okay. Well, I'll be getting along home. So long, Jim, and Merry Christmas. Same to you, Beanie. See you tomorrow. Now, let's see if I got all the presents. Mr. Kent, Mr. White, Lane, Mom, Coke. Yep, all there. I'd better get started. Picking up his gaily wrapped Christmas packages, Jimmy Olsen carelessly thrusts the letter for Clark Kent into his jacket pocket and leaves the Daily Planet, unaware that the letter carries startling consequences for both himself and Kent. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. En route to Editor Perry White's suburban house for Christmas dinner, Jimmy Olsen left a taxi cab at the beginning of the huge mile-long Metropolis River Bridge, where Clark Kent, at the wheel of his car, is awaiting him. Here I am, Jim. Hurry up. Okay, Mr. Kent. Want some help with your packages? I can handle them, thanks. Okay, wait till I open the door. Thanks. There you are. Pile in. We're a little uh, late. I got tied up downtown. Right. Uh, all set. Good. No luck with Mr. Jones yet, huh? No, Jim. He fooled us and got away. You know, I never tackled a more slippery customer. He... Uh, he... Hey, what's the matter? Uh, Look out, Mr. Kent. You're crowding the car in the next lane. I see, Jim. I... I... What, what's the matter? Are you sick? I don't know. I'm what? Kind of weak. Jim. Yeah? A letter in your pocket. Yeah? in the air and then plunging into the dark waters. For a moment, the gleaming car top is seen above the surface of the water, and then it disappears, carrying Jimmy Olsen and the unconscious Kent to the muddy bottom of the river. What happens to Kent, who, as we know, is Superman, and who, a moment before he lost consciousness, gasped that there was kryptonite in the letter in Jimmy's pocket, the letter which had been delivered for Kent at the Daily Planet a short while before. Fellows and girls, Monday's episode is tense and exciting, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. 
Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Behold my Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box. What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, his nemesis, the deadly kryptonite, has again loosed its power against him. We'll learn the outcome in a moment. But right now, let's stand by for a word from our good friend, Dan McCullough. You know, uh, older folks often think that they have a corner on reminiscences. You know, thinking back and remembering all the fun they've had. But I know a lot of fellows and girls who are reminiscing these days when they go over their collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pets. Because every single one of these funny paper characters looks a doggone lifelike that, well, you keep chuckling over the things that they've done in the comic strip. Like the way Smitty's always trying to get out of doing his work at the office. Or Lillum's wearing those old-fashioned dresses and shoes. And, of course, there are the many times Superman has saved people from danger and captured criminals. Yes, sir, every single one of these 18 comic buttons has a real story to tell. They're all mighty worthwhile, too. And they're so easy to get. You don't send it any money, not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. They come only as exclusive prizes in packages of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. So how about asking Mom to get you a package or two of Pep so that you can add another comic button to your collection? That's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Aware that a powerful racketeer known as the Lapper had purchased one of the two stolen pieces of kryptonite, a strange green glowing element which robbed Superman of his great strength, serious Mr. Jones, leader of an international confidence ring, told the Lapper that with the kryptonite, he could destroy the Man of Steel, even though all others had failed. That day, a letter for Clark Kent was delivered to the Daily Planet, and unaware that it contained a tiny fragment of kryptonite, Jimmy Olsen put it in his pocket and met Kent at the Metropolis Bridge, from where they were to proceed in Kent's car to a Christmas Day dinner at the home of editor Perry White. 
As they started across the bridge, however, Kent collapsed at the wheel, and his car crashed through the rails and plunged into the river. As we continue now, Kent, who was hurled through a window, has regained consciousness and can see his car with Jimmy trapped in the front seat, sinking through the green depths below him. Swiftly, he resumes his identity of Superman, then freezes, horrified, as he realizes he cannot come within ten feet of Jimmy without again succumbing to the effect of the green, glowing kryptonite in the boy reporter's pocket. Listen. What'll I do? Got to save Jim, but I can't get close to him. Oh, he'll be drowned. I must save him somehow. Wait a minute. Car's rear bumper is about ten feet from him. Down to a stone! Now, if only the bumper will hold the weight of the car. It must. It's my only chance. Up out of the river. Up! There. So far, so good. Now I can tip the car a little. Fill the water out of the window like that. There. Now we'll go to... Ah, police launch is coming this way. Down to the deck. Down! Captain, there's a boy in the back of the car. What? Hey, Superman! Get him out, please. Give him artificial respiration. For heaven's sake, hurry! All right, Superman. Plug him up. Give me a hand here. Uh-oh. How is he? Can't tell yet. Come on, get him out, Sergeant. All right. All right. Alive, isn't he, Captain? Yeah. Yeah, he's alive. Oh, thank heaven. Yeah, but he's in bad shape. Got to get the water out of him. Right. Take his coat off. That's it. I'll just throw it over there. All right, now stand by with that full motor while I apply artificial respiration. Okay, Superman. Are you ready? One. Two. One. Two. One. Anxiously, Superman works over the limp body of Jimmy Olsen as the police crew stands by. Long, tense minutes go by before the boy reporter revives and is carried to a bunk in the cabin below where, suffering from exposure and shock, he falls into a deep sleep. Two hours later... He awakens, and his eyes dimly make out the tall figure in the blue costume and red cape standing across the cabin. Superman. Hello, Jim. How do you feel? Oh, I'm okay, but where am I? What are you doing here? You're on a police patrol launch. What? How? how... I brought you here. You and Clark Kent had a little accident on the Metropolis Bridge, do you remember? We did? Keepers, I remember. Something happened to Mr. Kent. Right. He crashed through the guardrail and... Took a ducking in the river. You're all right now. Mr. Kent, what about him? Well, he, he's all right, too. He is? Uh-huh. Boy, that's wonderful. Say, why are you standing so far away from me? It's because of that letter on the table beside you. A letter? I don't get it. The letter addressed to Clark Kent. It has a tiny fragment of kryptonite in it. No kidding. Where did you get the letter, Jim? Oh, messenger brought it to the Daily Planet today for Mr. Kent. Did you see the messenger? No, Beanie Martin said it was some kid. I can't believe it. Listen, are you sure this hunk of stuff in here is kryptonite? You bet I am. That's why I'm standing over here. If I come within ten feet of it, I lose all my strength. Gosh, imagine that. Who sent it and why? That's what I want to know. Open the letter, will you? Open it? That's right. But but the letter is addressed to Mr. Kent. Yes, I know, but the kryptonite must be intended for me. Go ahead, open the letter, Jim. I'll take all responsibility with Kent. Okay, if you say so. Gosh, look how this piece of kryptonite glows. Oh! Burn my hand. Uh-oh, I meant to warn you. I'm sorry. Pick it up quickly and throw it through the porthole. Okay. There she goes. Ah, thanks. You're welcome. Now I can come closer to you. Let me read the letter, will you please? Okay, here. Thanks. A little hard to make out. The water made some of the ink run. All right. See now, dear Mr. Kent, I understand that you and some of your colleagues, that means fellow workers. Yeah, I know. Your colleagues on the Daily Planet have contact with Superman. 
Please show him the enclosed particle and tell him if he is interested in securing the rest of it to insert an advertisement in the personal column of tomorrow's planet instructing me how to contact him in confidence. Well, I'll be... Gosh, is it fine? Just the initial J. What do, you, what do you suppose that stands for? Mr. Jones, of course. Mr. Jones? Uh-huh. Oh, isn't he the guy Mr. Kent and the police are looking for, the boss of the Crescent Star Gang? That's right. Apparently, Jones wants to contact me. Well, this is very interesting. I wouldn't call it interesting. Hmm. Guys like Mr. Jones and the Laugher and the Vulture want to see you. They mean trouble. No doubt about it. Well, I've got to contact Jones. That's my only chance to recover the kryptonite before something terrible happens. Look, Jim, I, uh, I'll see Kent and arrange about the ad. You keep all this under your hat, understand? Oh, sure, I won't breathe a word. Good boy. Keepers, I'm scared. Well, don't be. Just take care of yourself. Oh, thanks again for pulling me out of the drink. And Not at all. Watch your step with Mr. Jones. I will, Jim. So long. So long, Superman. Well, I wonder what Jones is up to. He threatened to destroy me, but he knows I won't walk into a trap with my eyes open. <sighs> I can't figure this out at all. Deeply puzzled, Superman stands for a moment outside Jimmy's cabin door on the police launch, preparing himself to meet Mr. Jones' threat. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. While Superman was preparing to insert an advertisement in the Daily Planet, in response to Mr. Jones' request. Jones himself, in his hideout above a Turkish rug shop in the foreign section of Metropolis, has just completed an important phone call. Now his cold blue eyes gleaming behind his glasses and his thin scholarly face showing a trace of a cruel smile, he picks up his silver and crystal atomizer and carefully sprays his throat. His companion, the huge gangster racketeer known as the Laugher, regards him impatiently. This is one of the first times I've ever seen you smile, Jones. That phone call must have been good news. It certainly was, Lapper. Well, what was it? <coughs> oh, stop that ridiculous spraying. Why did you do it? <coughs> yeah, that's better. <coughs> because germs often adhere to a telephone. That's... What was the call? It was from a gentleman named Bush. Who's he? The chemist who dissolved the piece of kryptonite for my late partner, Sidney, and injected it into the atom man. What? How'd you find him? It was a simple matter of elimination for my agent. My files show a list of chemists who are available for, uh, uh, shall we say, extra-legal affairs. Listen, Jones, I've been thinking. If this guy Bush can dissolve the kryptonite, why don't we let him dissolve it all and create another atom man? It isn't that simple. We need the Ataman's electronic throat converter and gloves, which the FBI have. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. And besides, the Ataman couldn't destroy Superman. We must destroy him. Are you sure you can finish him? With your piece of kryptonite and a certain other substance which my assistant has received, we can't fail. Have you made all the necessary arrangements for Mount George? Everything's all set. As soon as you've got the man in the blue costume and red cape... My boys will take over the whole works in the mountain. Good. If all goes well, he'll be in our hands tomorrow evening. Our scheme is foolproof. Daring, if you like, but foolproof. You won't have a chance. I wish I could be that sure. You think we'll put an ad in the Daily Planet like you told him to in the note? <laughs> ah, yes, he'll put in the ad, all right. And then, despite his X-ray vision, he'll walk into our trap and never suspect he's in it until it's too late. You hope. I know. Take my word for it, Lassa. 
Tomorrow night, in Project 3 on Mount George, Superman will finally perish. Tomorrow night, in Project 3 on Mount George, Superman will perish. So says Mr. Jones, head of the greatest confidence ring the world has ever known. Superman, he says, will walk open-eyed into a deadly trap and not realize he's done so until it's too late to save himself. Is Mr. Jones right? Does he really possess a means of destruction more terrible than the late atomic monster? What is Project 3 on Mount George? In Wednesday's episode, Mr. Jones, the cunning spider, weaves a deadly web for Superman. And the Man of Steel does walk into it. There's thrilling action and suspense ahead, fellows and girls, so don't fail to tune in Wednesday, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, the wily Mr. Jones is waiting to catch the man of steel in his trap. We'll learn what happens in a moment. But right now, let's see what Dan McCullough has in store for us. You know, gang, if there were a Hall of Fame for funny paper characters, we could hang pictures of those comic buttons you're all collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pet. Because every one of those characters is really famous. Take off an Annie, for instance. Folks have followed her adventures with her dog, Sandy, for years and years. And Skeezix, well, he's famous as an all-around typical American fellow. And Superman himself. Everybody's heard of the wonderful things he does to straighten out people's troubles and stop crime. So it's a real thrill to wear these comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. The colors are so bright and dazzling that, well, these pictures really stand out against the white enamel background. And what fun it is to work on your collection and to swap duplicates with your pals and get a new comic button every time Mom opens a package of Kellogg's Pets. That's the only way you can get them, you know. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you a good supply of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, and you'll find an exclusive prize in every package. Get your comic buttons, gang, from P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Convinced that he can destroy Superman, Mr. Jones, the murderous and eccentric leader of the Crescent and Star Gang, allied himself with a powerful racketeer called the Laffer, who has one of the two stolen pieces of kryptonite, the strange, deadly element which robs Superman of all his strength. Jones sent a letter containing a tiny particle of the kryptonite to Clark Kent, 
instructing him to have Superman insert an advertisement in the Daily Planet, telling Jones how to contact him so that they could negotiate for the balance of the kryptonite. As we continue now, it is late afternoon of the following day. In his guise of Clark Kent, Superman waits anxiously in his apartment with his friend Batman for a phone call from Mr. Jones. Listen. What time is it now, Batman? Yeah, it's almost five o'clock. Huh? Well, the Daily Planet's been on the street since noon with my ad telling Jones to call me here. What's holding him up? Well, maybe he doesn't intend to call Kent. Well, what makes you say that? Well, this could be a clever stall by Mr. Jones. Keeping his tie to a telephone while he shakes the dust of Metropolis from his feet. Uh, he's too slippery a customer to have to resort to that. Twice now, he and that Hindu servant of his got away under our very noses. Oh, I'll never forgive myself for that. Well, Jones is a fox. I only knew what game he's up to. A dirty game, chum. You can depend on that. Oh, sure, but what? First he says he's going to destroy Superman with the kryptonite. Then he writes me a letter telling me to contact Superman so they can negotiate for the stuff. Well, it's obvious he's trying to trap you. That's the trouble. It's too obvious. Jones is far too clever for that. Well, we'll know more when he calls. If he calls. No, I think he will. Oh, I don't... Oh, hold everything. Might be he now. If it is, hold the phone a little away from your ear so I can listen to him. Right. Hello? Mr. Kent? Yes, is who... Mr. Jones. Oh, yes, Mr. Jones. I understand you've been in touch with Superman since you received my note yesterday. Uh, yes, I, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to contact him. That's a hot one. Did you show him the sliver of kryptonite I enclosed? He saw it. I presume he's interested in securing the two stolen pieces. That's right, Mr. Jones. Do you have them? I do. And I'm willing to give them to Superman. What? You are? For a price, of course. Oh? What's your price? My representative will inform Superman of that personally. Who is your representative? My brother has consented to act for me. You mean your twin brother, Algernon Phillips? Exactly. Exactly. My brother will be home this evening. If Superman will call on him alone, he will be given my terms for the kryptonite. If Superman accepts the terms, my brother will tell me when I communicate with him later, and I will then arrange for the transaction to be carried out. Is that clear? Well, yes, but I... Bye, Mr. Kent. Wait a minute. Hello. Hello. Oh, he hung up. Did you hear everything, Batman? I sure did. Now, look, I don't like this. Jones knows he can't make any deals with Superman. Well, a crook believes every man has his price. No, I don't like it, I tell you. He's setting a trap for you. Uh-huh, that's what we're going to find out. Come on. Uh, where? There are a couple of hours left before dark. Plenty of time for us to look the land over thoroughly. I'll strip down to my costume and... We'll make the first look-see at Algernon Phillips' house by air. I still don't like it, but okay if you say so. I'll give Robin a ring and have him meet us. He's a smart little potato and might come in handy. Good. P-L-2-1. But even as Kent and Batman prepare to investigate the home of Algernon Phillips, the gentle little choir leader has just been roughly pushed into his twin brother's hideout by two burly men and Tara, Mr. Jones's Hindu servant. The slender, scholarly Mr. Jones settled his shawl around his thin shoulders and carefully sprayed his throat with his silver atomizer as his brother voiced an angry protest. Oh, what does this mean, Richard? <clears throat> ah, my throat feels fine now. No, no, don't come any closer to me. You've just been outside and your lungs are full of germs. Nonsense, Richard. It's, it's this hot, foul room that's full of germs. Tell me what this means, Richard. Why I, why I was brought here. Ah, haven't you always been anxious to see me? To try to win me from my evil ways with your stupid preaching? I know now I wasted my breath. I always refused to believe it, Richard, but now I know you're evil clear through. You're a murderer. 
And so you, my own brother, tried to betray me to my enemy. No, no, I... They thought I was you and that Lois Lane, an innocent girl, was in league with me. And to think that all these years I kept a soft spot in my heart for you. I should have known better. I learned long ago that no man is to be trusted. Oh, please don't speak that way, Richard. I, I implore you to give yourself up to the police and to God. Try to see his way. Give myself up to the police. <laughs> Listen to the fool, Tara. He is indeed a fool, Master. He's the greatest fool who ever lived. And now he's going to pay for it. And for trying to double-cross me. Pull the bell cord for Marco, Tara. Yes, Master. I, I don't understand, Richard. What are you going to do? You want me, Mr. Jones? Yes, Marco. Take this gentleman downstairs. Okay, boys. Come on, pal. No, no, let go of him. Come on, I said. Well, where are you taking me? Let me go, please. Richard, eh, I... Shut your trap and get going. <laughs> Goodbye, my saintly brother. Hurry and close the door after you, Marco. There's a draft. Okay, boys. Ah, that beastly cold air. It doesn't give me a chill. I must... No, no, I, I mustn't. You are not going to spray your throat, Master? No, Tara. I must get used to doing without my atomizer tonight. I, I only hope I, I won't catch pneumonia. Why must you do without your atomizer tonight? Because I'm going to impersonate my saintly brother, of course. Did you buy those special throat lozenges I told you to? Yes, Master. Here they are. Hmm, I'll start chewing them now. Uh, the key to my brother's apartment? Yes, Master. And you've made all the other arrangements? Everything, Master. Good. <clears throat> These lozenges are terrible. Sure, they can't protect my delicate throat. But we're playing for such high stakes, I must take the risk. Just imagine, Tara. Before the night is over, Superman will be dead. But are you sure you can destroy Superman, Master? So many others have failed. They have failed. I can't fail. Not with a kryptonite. And the other arrangements in Project 3 on Mount George. How do you plan to get Superman to Mount George? You said you were to meet him this evening in your brother's apartment in Metropolis. <laughs> ah. You see the bottle on the table there? You mean the bottle of ink, Master? Which the chemist Bush prepared last night? It looks like ink, but it isn't. No? No. As a solution of pure kryptonite. Dyed the color of ink. When the special rubber stopper is removed from the bottle, the emanations of the kryptonite will make Superman weak as a baby. It is magic, Master? For our purposes, it's better than magic. It's time for me to go to my brother's apartment. See, the cab is ready. I'll spray myself once more before I leave. If only I don't take them on. Feverishly, Mr. Jones sprays his throat before leaving to set a trap for Superman. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> nearby steeple clock chimes the hour of eight as Superman and Batman stand together in a vacant lot under a dark, moonless sky a block from Mr. Algernon Phillips' house. Across the street, Robin, Batman's young companion, keeps watch. Coast looks clear, Batman. I'll drop in on Mr. Phillips now and find out what's what. I don't like it, Superman. I've got a crawly feeling on the back of my neck. That always means danger. Well, frankly, I don't like the setup either. I can't see anything wrong. Phillips got home about an hour ago, and you and Robin have scouted the place for two hours. I've flown over it so many times, I can tell you how many threads there are in his rug. I've examined every inch of the apartment and everything in it. And I'm sure there's no kryptonite there. That's the only thing in the world I have to fear. I know, but I still don't like it. Jones the sly fox. I've got to take the chance. Must get rid of the kryptonite before it can be used against me again, and against the world. 
Don't forget the atom man. I haven't. And I know you have to take the chance, but... Oh, well, maybe I'm getting to be an old woman, but... I'll tell you this. If you aren't out in one hour, Robin and I are coming in after you. Oh, I'll be out long before that. So long. Up and away! looking man in the pince-nez glasses and worn smoking jacket is the murderous Mr. Jones, and that what he has identified as an innocent bottle of ink is in reality a solution of kryptonite. Superman walks into the house and into a trap. What will happen? Tomorrow's episode is packed with suspense and drama, fellows and girls, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for a thrill a minute in The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station. By the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, in the apartment of Mr. Jones, the cunning arch-criminal is seeking to loose the terrible power of kryptonite against the Man of Steel. We'll take you to the scene in a moment, but right now, here's Dan McCullough and his young pal, Eddie, who seems to be busy with pencil and paper. Let's see what's going on. Hey, uh, what are you writing, Eddie? Hey, Eddie. Huh? Well, what are you so busy about? Oh, oh, I'm writing a play. Yeah? Which do you think would make the better heroine, Dan? A niner or a lilums? Niner or a lilums? Who? You know, on those comic buttons the kids are all collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pets. I sure I knew. Niner and lilums from the funny papers. Well, now, let's see. Uh, one's a blonde and one's a brunette. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Lilums would be a glamorous heroine, don't you? Well, maybe. Uh, what's your play about? Well, the heroine is traveling around the world, see, but she gets lost in the middle of an Egyptian desert. Hmm. Then I thought I'd have Superman rescue her. Sounds like that plot has possibilities. Some of us kids are going to give the play a club meeting tomorrow afternoon, so I have to hurry up and get it written. Well, while you're about it, Eddie, find a place in your script for some of the other characters on those swell comic buttons, like Smitty or K.O. or Orphan Annie. You've got a lot of funny paper characters to pick from because there are 18 different buttons in all. And fellows and girls in the gang say that every single one looks as real as in the comic strips. Done up in full comic strip colors, too. So these buttons really show up when you wear them pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. 
But you know, the best part is, it's so easy to collect these comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you some of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep, and you'll find your prize in every package. Remember, that's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Plotting to destroy Superman, Mr. Jones, the sinister leader of the Crescent and Star Gang, set a deadly trap for the Man of Steel. Locating the chemist who had worked with the late Ataman, Mr. Jones had him dissolve a small amount of kryptonite, the strange green glowing element which robbed Superman of all his strength. The solution was then dyed the color of ink and placed in an ordinary ink bottle. As we continue now... Superman has come to the home of Mr. Jones's twin brother, a kindly music teacher named Algernon Phillips, who was named by Mr. Jones to negotiate with Superman for the return of the two stolen pieces of kryptonite. As his friends Batman and Robin wait anxiously outside in the darkness, Superman enters Mr. Phillips' music studio, unaware that the slender, scholarly man facing him is in reality Mr. Jones, who is impersonating his twin brother, and that the sealed, harmless-looking ink bottle on the desk contains deadly kryptonite. Listen. Let's get right down to business, Mr. Phillips. Your brother said he has the two stolen pieces of kryptonite, and he's willing to turn them over to me for a price. That's right. What's his price? One moment, please. My brother insisted that before we discuss the uh, uh, details, I must be convinced beyond doubt that you are Superman. What do I look like? Little orphan Annie? Oh, please understand me, sir. It, it's not I who am suspicious. I am placed in the unhappy position of having to represent a, a miserable criminal who happens to be my own brother. He suggests that a police officer, for example, could secure such a costume as the one you wear. I see. All right, what do you want me to do? Well, my brother suggested a test. What is it? He said that if you really are Superman, you would have no difficulty in lifting my grand piano. Oh, that's easy. Uh, one moment. Yes. And sustaining it and yourself in midair. All right. Watch closely, Mr. Phillips. First, I'll lift the piano like this. Good heavens! Why, you lifted it as, as easily as you would a toy. Now, up to the ceiling. Up! My word! Uh, you did it. Satisfied, Mr. Phillips? Or would you like me to stay up here and play chopsticks on the piano? Oh, dear, no, no. I, I'm quite satisfied. Uh, come down at once, please, and... And don't drop the piano. Right. Down. I believe the piano stood right here. Now, now if you're convinced I'm Superman, we can... What's the matter with you? You're shivering. You created quite a draft flying up and down. I'm uh, I'm fighting a cold at the moment. Uh, so if you don't mind... Uh, here, I, I'll take a throat lozenge. Uh, may I offer you one? No, thanks. That's funny. Uh, what is? The other night, Christmas Eve, you were out in the snow without a hat. You said you never took cold. Uh, uh, did I now? Well, uh, pride goeth before a fall, Superman. Uh, perhaps I spoke too hastily. Or perhaps I'm not as young as I used to be. Hmm. But uh, I know you're anxious to get this business over with, and frankly, so am I. It's most distasteful for me to realize I'm representing a, a criminal... Even if he is my own blood brother. Yes, well... Perhaps I I should make my brother's position clear. First, so that you'll be able to understand the reason for his uh, his turn. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. You see, my brother suffered an unfortunate accident during his college days, and he was never the same after that. 
He acquired a, a quite morbid fear of death, for one thing. But not of murder. Uh, no, no, unfortunately. Well, since you discovered the hideout of his Crescent and Star organization and got on his track and then discovered that he'd shot the Scarlet Widow, he's mortally afraid that you will eventually trace him and turn him over to the police who'll put him in the electric chair. He's not kidding. It's because of that that he's willing to give up the two stolen pieces of kryptonite. I don't get it. What do you mean? Well, my brother wishes to live out the rest of his allotted days in safety and security. He has plenty of money. Now, wait a minute. If you mean he wants to trade the kryptonite for his freedom, nothing doing. He's guilty of murder and heaven knows how many other crimes. The police will never dream of making a bargain with him. He isn't thinking of the police, but of you. Me? Yes. He says he's willing to take his chances with the police. He's outwitted them times without number in the past, and he feels that he can do so again. But he's afraid he may not be able to outwit you. So that's it. He wants me to promise to let him alone. Yes. In return for which, he'll turn over the kryptonite to you. Uh, here, I, I have pen and ink right here. If you'll sign an agreement... Just a moment, Mr. Phillips. We can make it a very simple agreement. My brother says he knows that your word is your bond. Here, I just open this bottle of ink. Come back here. But I... I don't intend to sign any such agreement. Oh, you don't? No. I realize how great a danger the kryptonite is to me, but... And to the rest of the world, Superman. Uh, don't forget the atom man. We'll take our chances on that. Uh, that... Uh... I will not do business with a crook and a murderer. That is your last word? It is. Now I'll say good night. Oh, one moment, please. I... Yes? I wonder if you would object to putting your refusal in writing. Why, what's the idea? To save my life. What do you mean? Well, my, my brother knows I undertook this task most unwillingly. He also knows that I attempted to help the police trap him the other evening. He was sure you'd accept his offer at once, and when I tell him you refused, well, he, he may not believe me. I see. All right. I'll write no and sign it. Will that do? Oh, yes, yes, and I'll, I'll be very grateful. I Here, I, I have paper in this drawer. I really think you're making a mistake, Superman. Well, we all have to stand or fall by our own decisions. I'm afraid that you're going to fall. What do you mean? My brother's a very dangerous man. I don't think you quite realize that. Oh, yes, I do. But your brother doesn't realize that crime doesn't pay. He's going to learn that. Now, is this the paper you want me to write on? If you please. Very well. I'm afraid I'm a bit old-fashioned. I don't have a fountain pen. Oh, this straight pen looks all right. It is. And I just got this new bottle of ink. Here, here, I'll, uh, I'll open it for you. I'll open it. Oh, don't bother. I can manage it. There we are. Now then. His face turned from Superman. Mr. Jones allows a crooked smile of triumph to part his thin lips as he pulls the stopper from the ink bottle containing the dissolved kryptonite. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Posing as his twin brother, the choir leader, Mr. Jones offered to trade the kryptonite for Superman's promise not to search for him thereafter. When the Man of Steel refused, Mr. Jones asked him to put his refusal in writing. And when Superman agreed, the cunning gang leader opened what appeared to be a bottle of ink but which actually contained some of the deadly kryptonite, which had been dissolved and dyed black. As we continue now, Superman, reaching for the pen, has suddenly paled and staggered. Uh, what? What's the matter, Superman? I don't know. I, I feel funny. Really? Yes. I'm weak. As if... 
Uh, oh, the what? Uh, shall I oh. get you a glass of water? Yes, please. I'll, I'll just sit down. Oh. Oh, I can't understand. Wait. I feel the same way I did when I was in the presence of the kryptonite. Uh, uh, do you really? What are you grinning at? Wait. I know. There's kryptonite in this room. <laughs> there is indeed. Of course. The ink. The kryptonite was dissolved. I, the color of ink. How clever you are, Superman. Oh, devil, I get it now. You're not Phillips. <laughs> You're Jones. Right again. Now, oh. if you'll excuse me, I'll make a short phone call and then we'll be on our way. Both of us. What do you mean? Tara is close by. He'll be here directly with a... Uh, all right, Tara. I'm ready for you. Oh. Uh, Tara will be here in a moment or two. Then we can go to Mont George. Mont George? Yes. Yes, to Project 3. What? Where we have some excellent equipment. Oh. Excellent for our purpose. What purpose? Why, your destruction, of course, Superman. You're mad. You can't kill me. You're wrong, my friend. Very wrong. Oh. No. We know why the Atom Man, with all his atomic power, couldn't finish you. Uh, but we can. You're mad. Batman. Batman. <laughs> I know Batman is outside. Help. But he can't see you or hear you. And he can't help you. Batman. Nobody can help you. Oh. Uh, just a minute. Batman. Tara. Batman. Oh. Come in, Tara, and bring oh. that stretcher in with you. Our friend is all ready for his little trip. Oh. His last trip in this world. <laughs> Helpless, unable to move under the spell of the kryptonite, Superman sees the turban Hindu boy and a burly companion enter through the back door of the apartment with Mr. Jones, dragging a stretcher behind them. What will happen? Batman and Robin are outside. Is there any chance that they can intervene to save Superman before he's taken to the mysterious Project 3 on Mount George? Well, don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. Superman is in real danger of his life. So tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts, or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! <laughs>